listening to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Hello and welcome back to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Leo Russell, and this is episode 54. Apologies that this is about a month and a day late. Couldn't be helped. Personal life, all that kind of garbage, work, etc., etc. It just takes precedent over doing this, which I do for fun. And I wish I could do it more. I wish I could get paid to do it. That'd be great. But uh, that ain't the reality of the situation, so... Uh, it comes out when it comes out, usually fairly consistently, but sometimes I hit a little speed bump in the road. We are in part two of a three-part look at the soundtracks and scores from Amicus Productions. I dug up some more interesting stuff this time around. Uh, yet again, I would uh, direct people, if you want to find a lot of these uh, sweets especially, there's a lot of sweets in this list, go to the YouTube channel Fishman, and they compile pull out of movies that don't have official releases of soundtracks necessarily. They clean it up as much as possible. They sort of skirt around dialogue and as much background noise as possible. Very invaluable resource. Excellent, excellent stuff. I'm going to put a link to their channel in the show notes, and I suggest you go and check them out and support them uh, by, you know, commenting and liking and subscribing and all that stuff, because if it wasn't for channels like that one and other ones that uh, pop up here and there on YouTube, a lot of my work would be much, much harder, and these shows would be a lot less interesting, because there's just some stuff I just have no ability to find other otherwise. So, um, big shout-out to the uh, Fishman channel. Uh, very good stuff. But, uh, yeah, more Amicus here, and we're getting sort of the mid-period of Amicus. We're getting into it, anyway, and a lot more horror. Uh, they, they go back to a couple other interesting directions here, and most of those interesting directions are... Uh, movies that don't have any sort of soundtrack anywhere that I could find, so we got to kind of stick to what is available out there, I guess. And uh, it's mostly their horror and a couple of their sci-fi things. So we're getting into it here. Uh, last we left off, it was the Killer Bees, but now we're into another anthology film. Uh, this one is Torture Garden from 1967. And uh, this is James Bernard doing this one, which is a little, you know, a little bit out of step, a uh, little bit of a surprise here. Uh, James Bernard, if you don't know who he is, uh, well, I don't know, maybe you're not familiar with composers, but we did do a whole show on James Bernard earlier on. Uh, if you go back to episode 10 of Blood on the Tracks, uh, we look at the Hammer scores of James Bernard, uh, of course, he was mostly known for working with Hammer Studios and doing their scores. Famously created the Dracula score for all the Dracula films. The uh, And this the beauty of the fact that he did it so simply, but made it so impressive and iconic and made it stick with you, where it's just like, Dracula, bum, bum, bum. Dracula, bum, bum, 
incredibly simple stuff, but so effective. But yeah, James Bernard here uh, doing this, this suite uh, from Torture Garden. Uh, these are all stories in this anthology by Robert Block, uh, of course. Notable here, Burgess Meredith and Jack Palance are in this one. And it has, even though it's not one of my favorite of the anthologies, and in fact, it's probably the lesser of all the Amicus anthologies, if you really ask my opinion on it, it has probably one of my favorite top five anthology stories out of all their anthologies, though, uh, which is The Man Who Collected Poe, which is just creepy. I love it. Moving on here, we got a suite from They Came From Beyond Space from James Stevens. He was an English composer who did a bunch of everything, TV, movies, etc., etc., etc. He has a piece of the score for Plan 9 from Outer Space under his writing credits, although he wasn't credited at the time for it. Uh, it was a piece called Operations Room. And this is interesting. It's just a very, uh, it's a very swingy, kind of jazzy score. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the Spider-Man cartoon from the 1960s. A uh, very similar kind of thing. Like, you could see a lot of this just popping up in that Spider-Man cartoon. So, that is that. We're moving on after that to a suite from The Terror Knots. Uh, this is Elizabeth uh, Lutyens again. And this is the last time she shows up uh, working for Amicus. And in fact, it's her third last score for a film overall. Uh, she went on to do the independent uh, British horror film Theater of Death, starring Christopher Lee, and then went way off in left field, I think, kind of, for her. At least, you know, having her name attached to something. Uh, My Nights with Susan, Sandra, Olga, and Julie from 1975, which is a uh, sexy vampire movie. Dutch sexy vampire movie, I guess. I, I can't quite tell if it's just, like, straight-up softcore with a little bit of horror in it, or if it's... A horror movie with a little bit of softcore in it. I've never seen it, but uh, there we go. That's the last Elizabeth Lutyen's uh, bit that you're going to hear in this series. And then ending off this block, we're going to look at Danger Rote from Danger Rote from 1967. This is by Lionel Bart. He is pretty big in British music. He was the creator of the musical Oliver from 1960, and is sort of behind all the adaptations of it, as far as I know. He was described by Andrew Lloyd Webber as the father of modern British musicals. Uh, also did the theme song to the James Bond film From Russia With Love, and he just has his fingers in all kinds of things, production-wise, etc., behind the scenes of a lot of stuff you've heard. The vocals on this are by Anita Harris, who was a recording artist around the same time, who later became an actor. Uh, she plays a singer in this film, and she's best known for being in a couple of the Carry On films and various British TV roles as well. And this is a bit of a James Bond knockoff, I guess. I guess it's a very cheaply, badly made James Bond knockoff from what I can gather uh, from the reviews and stuff I see of it. Like, the actual Wikipedia description of the movie is like, ooh, this sounds like maybe something that's really close to the hard edge of the original James Bond stories and stuff. So I don't know if it's just people who really love the more goofy comic book Bond stuff really reacted badly to something that sounds like it's much more deadly serious, or if it's just a crappy movie. I might check that out. 
I'm actually kind of interested. Yeah, and before we uh, just take off, I'm going to mention that we are missing some scores here. There's the birthday party from 1968. Another just, you know, out of left field thing here where it's William Fridkin's uh, film. I think it was his first film, if I'm not mistaken. One of his very early films, anyway. And that film has no score, so it's like, I can't really pick one up, right? It's this weird neo-noir film with no score and very obtuse. Then we have A Touch of Love and The Mind of Mr. Soames, uh, all from 69. And I couldn't find any music for those either. Touch of Love is some sort of thing about relationships. Uh, it's got Ian McKellen in it, of all people. And The Mind of Mr. Soames is some sort of uh, sci-fi thing about a person who is in a coma and something happens. I don't know. Haven't seen it as well, but uh, they are very much footnotes in the overall Amicus legacy, apparently. And uh, yeah, that should take us probably about halfway through our show. And we'll come back and talk about what else we have to offer you after those.
humble court bailiff in a courtroom designed to bring musical justice to all. Each week, we have a podcast with a judge and a jury, and we determine whether a song is guilty, not guilty, or not guilty by reasons of insanity. You know, something like, uh... Or maybe it's a cover of Tom Petty. You can find us wherever you find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, all that stuff. Just look for songs on trial, please. Okay, I love you. Make good choices. You ungodly warlock. All right, we're back, and now we're going to look at the song Scream and Scream Again from Scream and Scream Again from 1970. This is from a band called Amen Corner which was a Welsh rock group from Cardiff. They had about three albums or so between 1966 and 69, and then I think there was like some post-breakup releases and stuff as well. Uh, they appear as this mo- in this movie as themselves, and they play kind of a jazzy, psych rock, pop music kind of stuff. Not bad. And we have more from this film as well. Uh, we have a suite... And we have another song called Supernatural Slugfest. And this is by David Whitaker, who was an English composer, went on to do scores for a couple Hammer films, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde and Vampire Circus. And he also worked on the post-amicus Milton Sabotsky production, Dominique. 
and he even has uh, credit on the score for Albert Pune's The Sword and the Sorcerer from 1982. Fairly prolific guy. Um, Scream and Scream Again is a weird film. It's probably one of my least favorite of the Amicus films that I've seen, and it shouldn't be, because it's got Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and Vincent Price all in it. Yet, only Vincent Price and Christopher Lee share any screen time, and it's very brief. Uh, Peter Cushing is in this, like, throwaway scene. It's a very badly structured film that makes, like, very little sense. It's got all these different elements, horror and sci-fi, basically. Like, it's based on a novel, and it's about... It's basically an invasion of the body snatchers kind of thing, in a way. Where it's like aliens are killing people and growing replacement bodies for people and like trying to replace them with clones or whatever the fuck and it's it just doesn't work like none of it makes any sense it's just so badly structured that it it just makes no sense uh and it sucks because it's got so much talent behind it and there's some cool ideas but they just never really come together but uh the score is really good so there we go (laughs) uh we're gonna move on from that to one of the all-time greatest of the Amicus films. Uh, This is a suite uh, comprised of a bunch of tracks on the actual film soundtrack. I just made the suite up myself and put it together of sort of my favorite tracks off the score for this. This is The House That Drip Blood from 1971, and the score is by Michael Dress. Dress was a composer who died early, uh, unfortunately, 1975 at the age of 39, he also did some other stuff for Amicus, A Touch of Love in the Mind of Mr. Soames, the two scores I couldn't find that I mentioned in the first half of the show. And of course, uh, the four tales in this anthology are by Robert Block yet again, and this is a great one. I love it. Uh, and what we have in the suite here are the main title, Prologue, Writing Horror, Seeing and Hearing, Seeing and Hearing Things, excuse me, uh, Philip Grayson, Remembering, The Vampire, Welcome to the Club, Epilogue, and End Titles. And then we're going to end off with a suite from I, Monster from 1971. This is a retelling of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, The score is done by Carl Davis, and he was an American-born composer who made his home in England in 1961. He's worked in all kinds of TV and film, Uh, He's probably best known for doing new modern scores for silent movies. Um, Not to say he's like going like weirdly avant-garde or contemporary necessarily with the new scores he makes. He's just he's making new scores for silent movies that fit those silent movies, basically. Uh, And he's worked on stuff like The General, Phantom of the Opera, uh, he's also done scores for, you know, just, you know, contemporary talkies. Up Pompeii, The French Lieutenant's Wife, and the uh, last movie directed by Roger Corman, Frankenstein Unbound. That's going to end it. We're also missing one score here. This is another Carl Davis score, by the way. Uh, we're missing the one for What Became of Jack and Jill, which is a interesting little kind of psycho-ish rip-off, psychological horror thing. It's a very, eh, middling film, but I've seen a lot worse. But anyway, hope you enjoyed this, guys. I enjoyed putting this together, and we still got one more part, of course. We're going to look at the last years of Amicus, and who knows, I might even go against what I was 
saying uh, in the first part of the uh, series where I said I wasn't going to wasn't going to touch the non-amicus scores but the amicus associated ones I might do that as well what the hell we'll, we'll see how it goes um, but until then thank you guys for listening and we'll be back in a month's time bye bye
been listening to Blood on the Tracks. For further episodes, please go to tmbpos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. 